Hello and welcome to South Asia Chats, a podcast brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Winifred Gurung, Research Analyst at the Institute. In February 2022, the Nepal government ratified the controversial Millennium Challenge Corporation Nepal Compact, which has been on hold for five years. In this episode, we will discuss the series of events that led to the ratification of the deal and also analyze the implications of this move on Nepal's domestic politics as well as its foreign policy. To discuss this, we have with us today Mr. Lekhat Pandey, Assistant Professor of Journalism at Nepal's Tribhuvan University. Welcome to South Asia Chat, Mr. Pandey. Great to be here with you, Ms. Winnie. So my first question is on the differences in opinion among the political parties in Nepal regarding the MCC Nepal Compact. So four parties in the ruling coalition led by Prime Minister Sher Bahadur Diyoba voted to ratify the compact. However, the opposition Communist Party of Nepal, a unified Marxist Leninist led by former Prime Minister KP Sharma Oli withdrew from voting despite showing its support initially. Can you please share your thoughts on the decision by Oli and his party? Well, it's an interesting question. Uh, I think although the CPM UML did not cast a vote in favor of the MCC, uh, I think the party and its leader were not against the idea of endorsing it from the very outset. But uh, since the acceptance of the MCC compact was being highly politicized and divisive, primarily uh, for the, uh, from the some hardliner left-wing parties, including the former Maoist rebels, the CPM UML and its leader, uh, prime, former Prime Minister K.P. Sarma Uli, were trying to avoid the public criticism. And they were, on, uh, they were the ones who were uh, instrumental to endorse the American project. So as I said earlier, uh, since uh, the grant assistance was being highly divisive and the political parties as well as the grassroots levels, uh, the CPN UML and its leader actually wanted to show a neutral posture on the context of the forthcoming local elections, which is slated uh, uh, next month. Uh, therefore, uh, it was either, uh, it was their calculative move not to take a part in the vote. Nevertheless, to my understanding, uh, they had already assured the American side that they would not oppose the project while the ruling coalition parties tabled it for the parliamentary vote. Besides, uh, there were long differences with the CPM UML and the speaker of the house at the moment, at the moment, uh, because the speaker of the house had helped, uh, helped uh, them re uh, remain absent in the vote they had been demanding either the resignation of the speaker or revoking his decision, earlier decision, to recognize the 14 CPN UML members of the parliament who were earlier removed by the party and its leader. Uh, CPM UML had been obstructing parliament's business for last seven months on the same issue. That became a pretext, I think, for them to avoid such a crucial vote in the house. Uh, you mentioned the election. So my next question is on the impact of the ratification of the compact on the upcoming elections in Nepal. Uh, 
So Nepal is slated to hold the general elections later this year. So do you think the MCC will have any impact on the election? Uh, you are right. Uh, uh, Nepal is going to hold a local election in May and general elections and prov- provincial elections in later this year, maybe in November. But it is not. Uh, it is yet to be announced. The MCC could be an agenda for those who have been opposing the project from the very outset. Uh, since the discourse of the US grant has become divisive among the people's level, at the people's levels, uh, some people might cast vote for those parties and leaders who had opposed it, opposed the compact. Nevertheless, to my understanding, it seems that there is a general understanding among the major political forces in the country, uh, both within the ruling coalition partners as well as the main opposition party, uh, that not to further flare up uh, the issue uh, in the context of uh, upcoming elections. A CPM UML leader, KP Sarma Uli, himself had earlier directed his party cadres to this effect. Therefore, uh, though it might be taken up by some fringe parties, especially from the left quarters, it uh, would not become a prominent election agenda of major political parties and therefore might not drastically affect the election outcomes. That's my personal understanding. So uh, the MCC was ratified with 12 interpretative declarations which attempted to address the issues raised by those who had concerns about the compact. So firstly, how effective is this declaration? And secondly, do you think that this declaration might bind Diova's hands in implementing the full extent of the compact? Well, I think uh, we need to get clear why the interpretative declarations was required. There were huge disinformation campaigns against the project from the very outset from multiple quarters. Even some American officials remarked in the past also created some confusions because some even uh, American officials who had visited earlier in Kathmandu had told that it was a part of uh, the Indo-Pacific strategy. Many hardliner leftist parties voiced in the same manner. Uh, the disinformation uh, other dis- disinformation components also included that was such as it was part of the Indo-Pacific strategy aiming to counter or encircle China. It would compromise Nepal's national sovereignty or, as well as it also helped help lands the US troops in Kathmandu and Nepal. Such a narrative was spread like a wildfire across the country at the people's level at the grassroots level. Some US officials also reportedly alleged that China helped fan such narrative through their, uh, you know, ma, ma, through uh, the some hardliner uh, communist parties in Nepal. At the moment, opinion, at the, at the time, opinion makers and supporters of the project were publicly vilified and even threatened through social media posts. In such a situation, many people got confused about the real motive of the U.S. assistance. Therefore, in my opinion, the two-well-point declarations was essential uh, to help clear such disinformation campaigns regarding the MCC. Uh, in fact, it was primarily meant to address the prevailing negative public sentiments towards the project. Now, since the American side has already welcomed the endorsement of the MCC grant uh, from the parliament with the additional interpretive declaration. I think it has solved the motive of endorsing the grant as well as 
given a face saving to those who had initially expressed their reservation on it, including to the ruling uh, coalition partners uh, such as Maoist, former Maoist rebels, as well as uh, social, socialist parties that was uh, formed after the uh, breaking of the erstwhile uh, uh, Communist Party of Nepal. Uh, this has also given a, a moral shield uh, to Nepal, in my opinion. In the case, the US side tried to put uh, some undue pressures that is contrary to the local laws because some provisions of the project uh, has, uh, you know, uh, you know, contradictory to the local laws. Therefore, I think. It would, uh, I would see it would not bind the hands of Prime Minister Deva or any future Prime Minister of Nepal to execute the project and complete it within the given frame of time frame. So uh, China has always maintained its displeasure against the MCC and has fanned the narrative of the compact being a part of the United States larger Indo-Pacific strategy. Now, post the ratification, Beijing is exploring new ways to increase its engagement with Kathmandu. The first being the recent visit by China's foreign minister, Wang Yi, to Nepal. So how do you see Nepal balancing its relations between the two powers moving forward? Well, uh, it is an interesting question. Uh, it became evident that Beijing had an issue with the US compact. Uh, because it uh, it publicly dubbed the project whether it is a development aid or Pandora's box, and it even issued a you know kind of warning that uh, for the United States that uh, not to play coercive diplomacy uh, against Nepal in the name of development assistance. I think since all major political forces in Nepal have come to one stand to accept the US granted at this time, China is exploring uh, new ways to widen its engagement with the Himalayan Republic. And it is not being expressive uh, about the project uh, as, as expressive as it used to be earlier. Uh, of course, Nepal has, a, a has, uh, has to maintain a delicate balance with China and USA, as well as its southern neighbor, uh, India. Besides China and India, Nepal consider, besides China and Nepal, China and India, Nepal considers the United States as a distance neighbor, given its long association and engagement in the country and its economic and social development. It has almost 70 years of history. Uh, I think to make such uh, issues um, balance, Nepal needs to convince the Chinese side that it would not allow any anti-China activities in and from Nepal. China has genuine, some genuine security concerns in Nepal. It has also interest in trade and investment and economic cooperation and energy cooperation. And uh, Nepali side also uh, has also already uh, tried to convince the Chinese side that this is purely a development assistance. It has nothing to do or nothing to harm, uh, nothing such components to harm uh, the Chinese interest in Nepal. 
during Chinese foreign minister's visit in Kathmandu, Nepal's foreign minister, uh, Dr. Nair Kharka, uh, categorically said that uh, Nepal would not allow any anti-China activities. And regarding the project, this project is purely a development aid. It was based on Nepal request. Nepal had done enough homework to get this aid. And uh, some untoward, you know, a incident took place, whether uh, in the run-up to the, whether to endorse the project or not, but uh, we, we would accept it, we would execute it, and we would maintain it as a development aid. I think Chinese side has, you know, realized that it is on the need of Nepal. Uh, likewise, Nepal would also need to make a conducive environment for the smooth execution of the MCG project. In this regard, it should not allow any disinformation for any further disinformation campaigns and discourage any negative campaigns against it, uh, since we have already accepted and endorsed it. Besides, I'm also looking forward to seeing that Nepal uh, request the, the Three, these three global powers, uh, um, namely China, uh, United States, and India, to consider its geopolitical sensitivities uh, and should avoid playing one against another. So uh, my last question is on the comparison between the MCC Nepal Compact and China's Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, Nepal signed on to China's Belt and Road Initiative in 2017. However, no project has really taken off. Also, during one year's recent visit, nine agreements were signed between Nepal and China on various areas of cooperation like railway and vaccines, but none relating to the BRI. So what impact do you see the MCC having on China and Nepal making any progress on projects under the BRI? Uh, you know, China is Nepal's close neighbors. It is next door neighbors beside BRI, Nepal and China has uh, huge cooperation in other sectors as well. You know, China extended its helping hand during the um, earthquake, 2015's earthquake in Nepal. Uh, uh, beside, there were other slew of agreements during the um, multiple high-level measures between the two sides. Uh, despite that, uh, you know, Nepal and China signed a BRI agreement as uh, in, in 2017. Uh, since then, not a single project has been moved forward. To my understanding, the main obstacles in this regard is the modality of the financing of the projects to the projects. Nepali side has always preferred either the grant assistance like the uh, you know, US MCC compact or uh, some sort of soft loan or concessional, concessional loans from the, you know, China initiated Exim Bank or uh, Asian Infrastructure Bank or something like that. Nepal's Prime Minister also expressed this during his meeting with the Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi last month. However, China side is uh, is pursuing, pushing for some commercial loans rather than soft loan, grant assistance, or concession loans 
to to finance uh, the bri projects in nepal uh, i think china has the same you know modality of financing the bri projects in other country as well and they are also pushing the same modality in nepal to my knowledge once the modality of the financing is clear and understanding between the two side rates bri projects might um, take off until then it is uh, not a move ahead as we expect i think that is what the situation is thank you for sharing your insights with us mr pandey thank you for this opportunity it's a pleasure to be here and sharing my some thoughts with this south asia chat you were listening to south asia chat to learn more about the work visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg You can also get updates on our publications, events, and podcasts through social media. We are on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.